Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes. On today's show, I'm going to be talking with Alexa Robinson and L. Ray James. Together, they make up the Robinson James Band. They've got a debut single called Spoonful. It is a cover of a Willie Dixon song. We're going to talk about the blues and rock and roll and everything Los Angeles. So welcome to the show. All right. Welcome. Thanks for having us. So debut single, that means you guys have been paying your dues separately and now you like came together and created this new band. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What do you think? You like it? (laughs) <laughs> you know, I do. And I did my homework. I said, I got to, you know, listen to, you know, Willie's version and Etta James and Cream. And I thought this is this song has some history to it. And it, and it seems like seems like this must have meant some kind mm-hmm. of special to you guys. Hey, besides um, the Robinson James version, what's your favorite version? <laughs> you know, I want to say Willie and Etta, but I thought Cream made it their own. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm kind of leaning towards them right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's very I agree. Cool. Yeah. It's a good one. And I think for you guys, you know, because because you're bluesy, but you got you got that rock and roll in you, and it yeah. seems like you know this is going to be the start of you know a, a very successful collaboration here. I think so. You know, we feel good, really good about it, but actually really do. I've been in different projects throughout my life and like, I feel really, really good and, you know, really strong about it. So, yeah. Well, give me, give me a little bit of the, the, uh, the elevator pitch story. We'll start with Alexa. Like, like what brought you, you know, from, from ground zero up to Robinson James band. Uh, well, my background, I've been in, uh, cover bands mostly throughout the years playing in all over southern california doing the whole you know corporate parties weddings things like that and mostly in um the cover bands i've been in we do like a lot of dance music top 40 and disco and all that kind of stuff which i which i love but for me personally um i love the blues and rock and listen to all that as well so um singing singing this and starting to go into the direction of doing some originals as well it's great it's different it's fun well you got the voice for it because not everyone can you know be so gutsy and maybe (laughs) some of the more r&b of the the disco that you know covers that you've been doing like yeah have you done uh, like a lot of that that kind of style Yeah, Yeah, and I think the whole thing, you know, blues, you know, part of the roots of rock and roll. And isn't it interesting to to go back to the roots now? Yes. Yeah, and I definitely have always, you know, I've never really wanted to sound exactly like somebody. So, like you're saying, it is kind of a combination of a lot of influences, and and yeah. And and before we talk to El Ray, I have to say, when in your cover band. I love that you mentioned disco. What's yeah. your favorite classic disco song to sing? Uh, you know, in the band I was in, we had a male singer as well. So we, you know, we'd trade off and, and background vocals and all that. But I really loved singing. Um, I just, it's a good song. It's a, uh, actually the band I think was like a female band. 
um a taste of honey boogie oogie oogie oogie, oogie. i love I, that song it's that is it's classic and it's just a good one like everybody you know would get up on the dance floor for that one that was i i really enjoyed singing that one <laughs> i'm so glad you mentioned that one because they played guitar too and especially the, and the bass, one who played yeah. the bass mm -hmm. didn't she play an amazing bass yes. on that yeah yeah who is it who's the a taste of honey okay. and it was I don't know if they were related or what, but you know, if you look them up and see their performances, they're playing. Yeah. I want to say cool. like one of them's what were called Janice. Here I'm I'm trying yeah, to hear my I don't remember their names. 40 their years album cover is really cool too. Yeah. No, ex excellent yeah. choice because yeah. when you when you think of music like that, you know, it is based on so much more than you know the fad of the moment. There's such solid musicianship there. Which mm -hmm. leads me to to El Rey. Um, so you did a lot of solo work first. In fact, you've put out some music as El Rey James. So how, how did you kind of go from that to to hooking up with the powerful voice of Alexa? <laughs> so what happened was, is Alexa, I have some studios in town here, some rental studios, and we have mutual friends, and she rented my studio one night for a rehearsal for an upcoming gig and i just okay so i met there i met her and her band at my studio and i just i remember unlocking the door and seeing her and i was like hmm that's nice and then <laughs> that was many years I went, ago that was like what seven years ago yeah, six years ago like, like yeah. we were trying to think about that figure out the the timeline and then i saw them play at this at this uh, venue around the corner and I just remembered seeing her sing and then we reconnected yeah we reconnected and then kind of just had been talking about for a while putting a band together and like trying to do something and then I don't know I guess we like we just did it we just started yeah that's all we finally had to make the decision and just be like all right so we'll now we're just it. going for it you yeah. know so like we have like a we got a little office here. We have a label called Miracle Mile Music. And, you know, just kind of like a little production thing and just every day just sitting at the desk trying to get things done and like moving forward. We got some really good recordings. You know, we have two new songs, original songs that are done that are gonna be mastered in a couple of days and we're gonna release those in January, shoot a new video and just like, it's exciting. It is like, exciting. Yeah, the, you're going to like these songs. They're really good. Actually. Yeah, and it's great because like you were talking about your solo original music experience is really, you know, helped me too. Yeah, getting to her songs. to write, it's been good. You know, it's like, yeah, I kind of had to push her a little bit and like writing lyrics and the melody, give her a little idea. Because you've got tons of great ideas and yeah. riffs and everything ready to go, so... Well, go ahead. Well, well, what's it like now? You know, you have a clean slate when you start with a new band and you think, you know, we can do anything we want, but it's also a little bit intimidating too, you know? So do you find like maybe narrowing it down to this bluesy sound? Was that like a conscious decision? I mean, it's just kind of, for me, it's where I come from, you know, like I'm kind of like a product of the seventies rock scene. So for me, it's like, it's just, I'm just doing my thing, you know, like the, the riff and, and spoonful, like doing the slide 
I don't know if you've noticed that there's a slight guitar thing going on there and it's it's mocking or in unison with her vocal and a lot of I don't know I'm just I'm a big slide player too so just that style of music is where I come from and Alexa is a little younger than me but Alexa actually knows more about classic rock than I do her vinyl collections is pretty extensive so I can ask Alexa hey who who is that who who played on that who's a guitarist she'll like you know go back to like the faces with Rod Stewart and she she knows all kinds of she's got a good catalog of like of of knowledge of of well, good well so alexa uh, are you a fan of like early heart like ann wilson oh yeah definitely uh-huh yeah is I she someone that you, in my collection like when you think of like vocally who you'd like to borrow from you know i i always think of you know ann and then janice joplin you know it's kind of the the 70s classics yeah. or Janice back to the 60s do you did you have like a role model that you wanted to emulate um, I'm trying to think like I think I feel like it's changed over the years because I just you, you know how you go through like I went through the Janice Joplin phase or love Janice and then I kind of uh you know discovered there's so many other um female singers I really like um well, obviously Aretha Franklin. Um, she's a big influence. She's huge, you know. And then What's the, yeah, there's some other, the other soul singers too. Actually, I, she's not. I mean, she's kind of well known. I guess she had like a couple hits, but not everybody would know who she is. Um, Candy Staten is her name. Young hearts run free, of course. Yes, and it's funny because I've always I've liked her a lot, and when we were when we've done some of these recordings our producer right is chris yeah he'd be a producer yeah um mentioned out of the blue he said you know your voice kind of has a candy staten quality i just thought that was interesting i was like really you know like that he would even know who she is and yeah, i don't her. even know who she is you see what i mean like Alexa, chris like, knows who she is yeah so like surprise who is she anyway well that's um, a high compliment because you know, she was kind of one of the first, had one of the first big disco hits, you mm -hmm. know, in the 70s and went on. I think she ended up doing a lot of gospel. She's been sampled a lot. She's been sampled, She's been sampled. a lot. Mm -hmm. See, By and again, that's, that, that, that's what's so cool that you were in a, a disco cover band. Mm -hmm. The disco era had so many female singers in it. You know we're getting ready to do you know we've been playing we've been playing out so we have three sets you know originals and some uh, a lot of covers we're doing right now just just to get out there and keep us playing but we do a cover of aretha franklin rock steady and alexa's mm -hmm. hands down just like kills it on that song just literally kill and we do it as a you know three piece i mean a four piece is bass drum and guitars and vocals so i'm doing it i kind of like I can't really do the horn section that well on the yeah. guitar a little bit. I'm trying to figure out a way to do it on the slide, but we got it down where it's just it's just a rock. It's a rock tune, a bluesy rock tune, but it's just yeah, unbelievable. It's different. Than, yeah, just, you know. But really strong vocals, because if you know that song, that's a pretty that's a pretty difficult song to sing, I would yeah. think. Right, Alexa? Yeah, it's <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, it's, and it's very dynamic. I, I bet the audiences really respond strongly to that. 
they do the vocals on that are just it's incredible so yeah we're thinking about doing a cover of that actually and recording it and just like really just spicing it up doing a robinson james version of it yeah well that brings to a big question because you're establishing your sound and it's great that you're doing covers you know I mean, look at UB40, you know, they 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 still, you know, did originals, but, you know, their biggest hits were covers. So, so it's, you know, it's possible. But how are you going to, like, distinguish yourself by doing both covers and originals? I mean, the good thing is, is I feel like I can write, you know, I have a lot of, I'm like a riff guy. So I have a, like, I have on my iPhone and my backup hard drive i have i mean hundreds of like riffs that i've recorded throughout the years so there's like this this you know soon we'll send it to you actually but the, the new stuff that we got it's pretty tasty it really is and and um you know doing the covers <coughs> excuse me <coughs> the thing about rock steady <coughs> sorry about that um it's just a great song, you know, and it's like, why not? Like, so maybe, maybe on the next record, I don't know. We'll probably record Rocksteady because it's just fun to do, and it really sh highlights mm -hmm. Alexa's vocal range. But we're I, definitely. I like. Well, and it sounds like you're playing to your strengths. See, and there, you know, in other eras of music, it's a lot more common, you know, to do covers of your favorite songs, but still, you know, be original. Like yeah. for Alexa, you know, have you studied a lot of like, you know, Linda Ronstadt in the, oh, in the yeah. 70s? Because she did so many covers and she yeah. always made them her own. I know. I We were talking about that saying like a lot, most, I would say most of her songs were covers. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she, she didn't really write that much. Yeah. You know, we like actually. Elvis no. too. Same with Elvis. Yeah, so Same with Elvis. They didn't, they didn't write yeah. their material. Like, could you see kind of using using that format for your guys's band where sure. you still do a lot of covers yeah yeah i mean we actually play you're no good yeah the linda ronstadt yeah, version linda of that song i oh, was not a classic linda. you know what her, that was her only number one by the way i mean that's a great song and you know the the band that she was working on though you know who wadi Wattel is oh yeah you know, because he was like kind of like her key musician back then. So that song, like playing that song, like the breakdown in the middle of that song, it's pretty complicated. It's not easy to play live. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And but it just Alexa sounds cool. It on the vocals, though, I'll tell you that. Yeah. You know, some songs, they just sound cool. You know, yeah. it's just a, a cool song. It sure is. And and the, and the breakdown. So do, when you guys are doing your stage thing. How how do you how do you guys like you know work through like like a breakdown you know what's your stage presence like? I mean, you just have to see it, but it's. <laughs> I can you imagine know. it though because just staying just staying in the moment in the zone, you know. I guess and well, in we the video, to... I was gonna say in the video, it's such a strong performance. And Alexa, I mean, you're dynamic. You know that that's kind of the hardest video to do. When it's just you and the microphone, yeah, you know, there's yeah. not a lot of gimmicks, and it seems like that captured what I would think your live show would look like. 
you know we try to yeah we we've played it up for that video of course you know so you know we do a cover we do we do a, a version of you shook me like led zeppelin one's version okay. are you familiar with that like if you, it's a well, now, now, when you say that all i can think of is uh Easy, easy, you shook me all night long, but oh, let me get yeah. that out, out of my you head first. <laughs> but anyway, the Zeppelin version of yeah. "You Shook Me" is another Willie Dixon song. You know, there's a, okay. We we do like a lot of call and response. Like I'll I'll play a riff on the guitar, a couple like bending notes, and then Alexa can copy that with her voice. So we kind of go back and forth, and you, we kind of do that at the end of Spoonful. We're doing that, but throughout our set, we're doing that too. Like, yeah. so you know, we're not really playing. I mean, every time we play Spoonful, it's a little bit different than the last time we played it. Like in that <laughs> recording, it's just a moment in time that was caught on tape. So yeah. I have to like, sometimes I'll have to slow down the song to learn what I played on that particular track, if you know what I mean. So it's not like scripted out, but then once I learn it, it can be scripted out, but it's kind of in the moment. So the live performance, like we played the other night and we're just like, having fun yeah throwing a riff out and like even in the middle of uh rock steady i'm doing on the breakdown i'm trying to get her to follow me on the guitar it's, it's fun it's good so every concert is going to be different with you guys i mean probably probably <laughs> you know i have a our bass player is like he was just commenting like we we bicker a little bit he's like you know, we'll rehearse a song and then you'll start it out and then you'll every end it different. Day. It's different every time. I don't know what to do with you. Like, we're, what's that? You know, he's kind of like wants it more scripted out. So, I mean, you know, on certain songs, like I, I have some other stuff, I, you know, that it's basically I play it the same way. And then on other things yeah, where there's an opportunity just to open up and I'm let okay it. okay with that, too. I can follow along vocally, you know, you know. You know what I mean? Like improvise, I guess. Well, it must keep it fresh for you guys, because I know for some bands, you know, they kind of eventually it's by rote, maybe like, you know, these legacy bands that have been playing the same hit for 40 years. But, yeah. you know, you, you got to keep it fresh, don't you? Yeah. 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 I mean, look at the Rolling Stones. They're 80 years old and just came out with a new album. <laughs> they really Which don't is amazing. That, you know, but uh it's, and I'm when sure you mention like the Stones, or you mention, yeah, and or like Led Zeppelin, you think of these British bands that were so influenced by American blues. Yeah. Do you ever kind of feel that, like, when, when you know, like you said, you're listening to Led Zeppelin, but you feel that blues influence? Do you like to kind of, you know, take it back to its roots? For sure. I mean, I'm a big Zeppelin guy, like the live stuff that Zeppelin would do back in the day and the Stones, like the Stones never played. They never they never really played Sympathy for the Devil like they did on the record. Yeah. I mean, maybe there might be a couple of takes where they tried to get close, but, you know, it never really. It's just they're just doing their thing, you know, just like, I like that. And And for you both, you know. I love when you said, you know, still kind of, you know, influenced by the 70s thing. And it sounds like, Alexa, you also, you know, know your own music, too. But mm -hmm. it's part of what makes your collaboration special 
is that you're always like turning each other on to music saying, hey, have you heard this old one? Or, hey, you know, we got to try this from that old, you know, guest to yeah. album. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. As a matter of fact, you know who Rory Gallagher was, is? Rory Gallagher? It, it sounds like I should. Who is Rory Gallagher? He was like a really, he was a 70s famous Irish guitar player. Not real well known, but he, in the guitar world, in the guitar world, everybody knows who he is. But Rory Gallagher, uh, like when I was really young, there was a the Roy Gallagher 1974 Irish tour live record. That had a big influence on me. And um, so on youtube the you know the great thing about youtube is when you like click on an artist and you get a feed of this and that so like just the other day i was listening to a roy gallagher live thing from i think it was 1979 in the middle of this song he did this amazing like riff just out of nowhere and then like i will i can take a riff like that and kind of like flip it around and then incorporate it kind of make it my own but yeah so we were like thinking like we'll we use this part of that song and try to incorporate it into a, something that we're working on originally. I mean, you know, every every musician is a thief in the night, right? So what are you going to do? Like, I'm just inspired by it. So, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, like, for sure. Well, one thing I'm wondering, like, for you, Alexa, is there any song in your, in your uh, repertoire where now when you're with El Ray, you think, I want to do this, but El Ray, you know, you put this spin on it. You know, let's take this and make it bluesier. Have you done any of that? Um, Yeah, actually, I would say <laughs> any of the covers that we've learned for um, some of our recent gigs, um, they definitely have a little different spin to them than mm. uh, like a straight cover band that plays everything you know exactly like the record right take it less top 40 and more more southern rock or more delta blues yeah bluesy. like like we were saying like rock steady we do a couple stevie wonder songs now those are you know with um our own like guitar sound yeah. i guess Right. Have you ever considered doing now, now that I've, you know, heard you sing and and uh -huh. kind of your inspirations? Have you guys ever thought of doing a cover of Black Velvet uh, by Elena Miles? Oh, Do you know that one? Have you ever sang yeah, that? Yeah, before? a lot of people have mentioned that requesting that. Yeah, I remember that. That's a that's like a classic, um, a classic one. Yeah, I get messages once in a while from people asking, um, "What was you do this song?" What was that? The band was Black. Velvet. The song was Black Velvet, right? Or I, I know that song. Right. It was called Black Velvet, and it was by uh, Elena Miles, and I think, and she did have a band with her, but it just, you know, she just went by her name. Right. Although is she still and, around or what? Yeah, she's still around. She is. She was kind of a one-hit wonder in the nineties, okay. although she, but she, boy, that one song. Got heavy MTV rotation. Yeah. And you know what that song was about? Oh, uh, yeah. It was a... Wasn't it about Elvis? Right? Yeah, it was about Elvis. Yep. Yeah, written kind of in tribute to him a little bit. Wasn't See, Black Velvet that. like 
Wasn't that supposed to be what his voice sounded like? Black oh, Velvet. I don't know. I don't know. But that, yeah, so, that's a good description. <laughs> so, El Ray, uh, if if you had to compare Alexa's voice in the same way, uh, what would you call it? Like Black Velvet or... Oh, what would be a good catchphrase for Alexa's smooth vocals? Um, I don't know. I have to think about that. Yeah. Smooth and silky, I guess. I don't know. It sounds like a <laughs> coffee creamer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alexa, what, what would you call uh, El Ray's music stylings? Hmm. I don't know. Um, that's a hard one, too. A plane. Oh, well, well, you have a long time to think about it. Yeah, so if you ever yeah. Yeah. write a song about him 20 years from now, maybe <laughs> you can call it Nimble Fingers or something. <laughs> oh, so tell I us like... what... Go ahead. go ahead. Oh, no, no, you, you go ahead. You're, you're more say, interested. Tell me about you. Now, what, what do you got going on? Now, you're up in Seattle. What, do you, what are you Seattle, doing? Now? Well, I have a love of music. And here, you know... I, I, I'm trying to guess your guys' ages because you look so young. But when you when you said '70s music, I lit up because I definitely grew up in that era and have a love of that. But for Alexa, um, I love the classic disco the first time around, and have such an appreciation for those musicians who, so many of them, you know. Disco. Well, I'm an 80. I was born in the 80s, so I I'm definitely uh, when I grew up, I was you know other kids were listening to like New Kids on the Block when they came out, and I was listening to you know oldies radio. I don't. It's just funny. Like I just liked that. See, you were smart. The old you got to get get the grounding in the oldies. I think. Yeah. I think I was. I think I was born like when the. The Who first came out, or, or the Rolling Stones, so I got to see a little different perspective. But uh -huh. no, the one thing I've always admired, though, regardless of the genre, like the disco era had such good musicians, and people didn't always know that. Like before disco, they may have done R&B or blues or rock. After disco, you know, they probably went on to be session musicians. But I think the thing I'm always struck with is, you know, the career of a musician. It's never going to be one thing. You have to kind of evolve. And I think the stories all musicians have, you know, you guys know this. Every musician has been in about a dozen bands. They've got a million stories. And that's just as fun as listening to the music. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? Don't, don't you love hanging out and talking to other musicians? Sure. Yeah. That's like, it. Like, like when you guys first knew you would bond, you know, you kind of admired each other from afar. Like, when did you guys know that you two would click musically? I mean, you know, when she ran into my studio that night and then a few days later, I went and saw them play and they were like, I, yeah, we were I was, a lot of they were, you know, I was watching her play and I was like, all right, you know what I mean? Like they were like doing Almond Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. I remember she sang. You, you were doing Almond Brothers? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We did a lot of different stuff. Like that band I was in, we would have different guest singers too. And like, so it was a, it was, you know, a lot, a different uh, variety. Did you ever yeah, do? Yeah, I was singing uh, Whipping Post. Whipping Post. Was okay. I was going to say, uh, did you do Midnight Rider? 
No, no. Oh, darn it. That's a good one. But yeah, Whipping Post, <laughs> Whipping Post was the one we did in, in that band. Yeah. I like that. No, you got to have, you know, an appreciation for, uh, you know, the Southern rockers. They hey. still sound so good to this day, don't you think? Totally. I mean, like the Almond Brothers and Skinner, like this, you know, I grew up in Florida, so I've literally seen the Almond Brothers through, you know, the late 70s and the 80s. I saw them play probably 10 or 12 times throughout my life. So, yeah. Oh, you're lucky. Yeah. I like that. Well, also, in, in, in answer to your question, you know, growing up in Seattle, I did get to experience, you know, grunge rock in seattle yeah. you know when it was like the epicenter of the musical world mm -hmm. for you know those couple years in the early 90s but oh, yeah. looking back you know so much of that was blues based you know we always think it was kind of you know you know kind of punk rock but you know you listen to pearl jam and alice in chains there was some just basic bluesy guitar going on there yeah yeah, the Soundgarden, those early records, I really like that stuff. I really, you know, I know even Stone Temple Pilots, I think, were from L.A., but they were still kind of the grunge scene. Is that a yeah. fair statement? Yeah. Yes. So, you know, that those those early records, I can remember in the early 90s listening to that and being like, ref, you know, it was refreshing. And then when the Black Rose came out, that first record in 1990, that was even exciting because... I didn't know what was going on with, you know, rock and roll that because in the 80s, it was like the glam scene and then like the grunge killed that. And then the Black Crows came along and kind of did a throwback of like a little bit of a Stonesy vibe. So, you know. But yeah, that. Well, that, what, um, well, what's going on now? Because you guys are in L.A., which is amazing, you know. There's still a lot to be said for, you know, if you can make it in Los Angeles, you know, it's still probably, you know, the most major entertainment market. But but it's different now, isn't it, though? Yeah. Like, like how, how do you measure and how do you measure success in L.A. now? Because we were talking about, you know, the Troubadour, which I was, you know, it's like, oh, if you can play the Troubadour or these classic Los Angeles nightclubs, it was like a rite of passage. Do you, do you still have that there? I said no. I don't say you know, I don't really like the live scene in, in LA. I don't even really like there's the Troubadour. I don't I mean what else? the Roxy, the Mint. The Mint. Kind of smaller. You know, then there's all these other little venues that are going along that just they're they're just doing this new stuff. I mean, you know, it's a it's a hard question. Like for us. This is what we're going to do. We're just going to keep releasing singles, albums, videos, you know, and just play. We're going to, you know, book a tour here coming up in the spring. Um, and just like every day, just working on our music and just like, and not giving up. The thing really is just never give up. Just, you know, since I was 10 years old, my brother played Led Zeppelin II for me. I heard a whole lot of love for the first time, and it was life-changing. And, like, um, so for me, I've always known what I wanted to do. I just have been, like, sidetracked and detoured throughout my life. But I feel fortunate because I just, I know what I like, and I just, it's always been that. 
So even later in life for me, just keep your eye on the prize. Just keep, I just, you know, I did a record under St. James Band back in 2015. And I told myself I was going to release a record every year. And I started to do that. And then I'm going to kind of drop the ball on it. But now, I mean, it's 2023 <clears throat> with the Robinson James Band and also just L. Ray James on the side. It's just, just keep releasing music, keep writing, keep playing, and just keep moving forward. And, you know, look back a little bit and just don't fret over the past and just keep going. And you know what? If you just do that, it'll happen. I don't know what that means, but something good will come out of it if you just keep going and never give up, right? Just never give up. Well, Alexa, yes. I'd love to hear you do a whole lot of love. When he mentioned that, I, I flashed on you. Uh, do you remember back in the 70s, Tina Turner did a cover of whole lot of I love. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's her? kind of actually now it's funny since she's recently passed that song kind of got another life. I've been noticing on like social media and stuff. It's getting um, it's getting shared a lot now. Like people are discovering her cover of that song. Oh, yeah. it was amazing. And you yeah. know, I love both versions, but to uh -huh. take something where even she took it in to a place yeah, that, cool. yeah. that that even the original didn't approach where mm -hmm. and it sounds like for the both of you you've got this love of these songs but it sounds like you really want to make them your own you know uh the good news is we have this song hang on one second We have this, this song that we just recorded. Um, you're going to like this. It's, uh, it's an original song. It's called Losing My Mind. And in the middle of the song, there's a breakdown. And we kind of like do this whole lot of love breakdown thing in the middle. Kind of like using that as an, as a, as an idea. And then coming out of it, you know, I don't want to give it away, but you, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it soon and you'll like think, Kelly, you'll think, oh, yeah, that's a little bit of a whole lot of love vibe. And there's like <laughs> a big there's a big payoff in the middle of the song, like a huge payoff. It's pretty exciting, actually. So, yeah, we're already thinking that. Now, now what's <laughs> well, this one? Called? What's it called? It, losing. What's it called? Like, so losing. We're so, oh, man. I don't losing my mind or my baby drives me crazy. I'm st I was still that one. We have two originals and I was still thinking about a name for that one because we didn't want to name it uh, something else. Another song that's already out there, you know, that could be confusing. So. So on this breakdown, did it did it really push your vocals? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you yeah. do some like Robert Plant kind yes. of? moaning yeah, and groaning definitely. and yep. growling <laughs> yeah I, yeah that i can't wait to, to hear no that, that makes me excited you know he um didn't he speaking of people putting out stuff didn't he reunite with allison kraust and they do like a follow-up album they did they did do you do you kind of uh alexa and elray kind of feel like los angeles's robert plant and allison kraust 
I mean, I don't know. I don't, I mean. Or, and, and, but, it would, but it would be the opposite almost because Alexis is more of the Robert Plant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, like, I think, like, playing, like, with her and, you know, in the back of my mind, it's like me, Jimmy, you, Robert, yeah. like, we're kind of like doing this. I mean, really, like, the live stuff is kind of like early Zeppelin stuff. Like, if you've listened to, you know, or watched any live videos of Zeppelin playing back in the day, like, they never played anything different. Like, Daisy Confused, Led Zeppelin live, like, they would do, like, 20-minute versions of that song, and in the middle... Or even in the middle of Whole Lot of Love, when they would do it live, they would do these blues breakdowns and they would do like a Elvis melody. Yeah, little and medleys and stuff. That's just yeah. like, you know, it's yeah. incredible. So kind of know. like that. That was like an well, an early version now, like when people do a mashup. Have you ever heard those like on YouTube? People will, you know, mash up like the most opposite songs together. I mean, I haven't, no. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you, you, you have to listen to some of that. Well, they'll take like, I don't know, um, like Sandman, and then they'll like oh, mash it up yeah. with a Lady Gaga song. Those actually work, and then I've heard the ones where people ruin the songs, <laughs> the funny ones. <laughs> but but yeah, the mashups. I I I think I've heard a couple of the. Uh, you're talking about like. Um, like enter, enter, like a Metallica song, Metallica, like a Metallica yeah, Metallica song, and and another song, and mash like a like, like a Lady like Gaga, a, like an easy listening song, and then a Metallica song, and mash it up, and it kind of fits. I've heard like um, Hall and Oates or something like that. <clears throat> well, I think the classic is when they took Rick Astley, Never Gonna Give You Up, and then mashed it up with Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit. <laughs> oh wow, I haven't heard that. You haven't seen? Oh, you gotta watch that! I think they even put the videos together. Yeah, maybe this will inspire you for a new song. <laughs> like, yeah. how come? How come nobody's made like just a really stripped down bluesy version of Rick Astley? Never gonna give you up. I don't know. I mean, I never really thought about that. I always think, you know, and he was only like. Wasn't he only like 16 years old or something when he did that song? So well, he looked he, he looked 16. I mean, he looked pretty darn young. Oh, he was but... old. I thought he was, literally was that young, though, and already had like such a, you know, like I think a he was, voice. Yeah, and I think he was like probably in his like early kid. 20s. He looks like a, yeah, a kid. It was like a huge hit in the, was it the 80s? Oh, to yeah, 80s. 80s. Like, I want to say about 87. Are right you around 87. Up? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I bet it's eighty-seven. I hope so. See, whenever I'm talking, I purposely don't look on Google. I don't cheat because I want to see if I still have any brain power to remember. But I'm thinking <laughs> it, maybe it came out in eighty-seven, popular through eighty-eight. Oh, I, I hope I'm mean, right. I don't. But that was it, But that was at the peak of like the stock Aiken Waterman craze. Remember when Banana Rama did Venus? Had that really cool version. That was a cover too. Yeah, that was a cover. Yeah. I like and, yeah. I've seen the the original one, the video come that gets um shocking shared blue. a lot. Yeah, that gets shared a lot. They were I think they're Swedish or something like that, maybe. Well, yeah, wasn't the original, the original band. Called, yeah, weren't they called Shocking Blue? Yeah. 
but yeah. um the Although original you know, live performance of them is cool that oh, i gotta look that up that's i'll put that on my tickler list although last time i heard the uh, venus it, it sounded so much like um jefferson airplane with uh grace slick oh the tone of the voice doesn't Definitely. she sound didn't she sound like grace slick mm -hmm. and you know another thing actually speaking of jefferson airplane i never knew they had a singer before grace slick and they're and she's on the first album their first album is with a different singer did you know that oh wow that. yeah that and the reason uh and they sound similar their voices obviously they had to so the first singer i think got married and had a baby and wasn't it was touring was too much and she couldn't do it with the with a little baby so oh, wow. she she quit she was just like i can't i can't do it so they had to find um another singer and that's how they found grace slick she was in another band as well See, I didn't right. know that. You see what I'm talking about? Alexa does. Yeah. So I just you know your stuff. discovered this. So I went back and was listening to the first album because I, you know, have a lot of Jefferson Airplane in my, you know, in my music catalog to, you know, my listening. And um, yeah, I never they their voices are so similar. They are. Well, so, one thing I like yeah, about I know, don't remember her name, but it was just a well when you're researching that cool discovery you know, well you think of you know 1967 you know at their peak with somebody to love and white mm -hmm. rabbit and you know that, that whole summer of love thing going on and you know it's very nostalgic but i think do we have anything equivalent now has has the oh. internet kind of erased all yeah. that i mean i think that i don't know yeah, the internet, it's just like everybody's attention spans are so short. And there is so many, there's so many things out there. There it's, really is. And, and I know, think the scenes, I don't know. Don't you think they used to start more organically? Like you were there in LA, you know, at some of these classic clubs where people were discovered or the old coffee mm -hmm. houses, you know, they would kind of pay their dues and, Get yeah. kind of like a grassroots support at first. Do you think yeah, you can? Yeah, now you can record an album in your bedroom. <laughs> record the album in your bedroom, and it sounds yeah. like you guys are the ones paying your dues, and you are, you know, creating a grassworks network of fans down there. Yeah, I guess. Does it feel like that? Yeah. yeah, we're definitely still kind of old school in those ways. Well, when you it's said you want a tour, well, yeah. Well, Elray, you said you want a tour. I think yeah. you should like open for some of these classic bands yeah, from the 70s. I have some, you know, so I have some rock star friends, so I, I'm already works already in the works. So oh, I want to hear some names. Who are some of your rock star friends? You know, like uh, Joe Bonamas is a good friend of mine, and we've been talking about trying to. He does those cruise tours and uh, nice. the blues cruise. Yeah, the blues cruise, and uh, you know, a lot of the blues guys and can he guys are you know i played with them a little bit so they're still out there doing it um i want to go on a blues cruise that sounds like yeah fun. yeah wouldn't that be cool for you guys you play a couple hours at night then you can sleep mm -hmm. in lounge by the pool go to the yeah. buffet 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, so there's what, several of them you, yeah, out there. There's so many different cruises. For, so, yeah. so what's like the coolest venue either of you have played? Have you played anything special or any festival or any just something memorable? I mean, in my past, yeah, you know, well, the Troubadour. I played the Troubadour under the St. James Band mm -hmm. in March of 2020. That was a good, you know, that was a really good show. It was pretty full, too. I mean, I was playing with some other people, but that was a really good night. But, you know, my daughter, I don't know, my daughter was in a band in the early, you know, like 2010, 2011. Edward Sharp, do you ever heard of that band? Do you remember that band? Uh, what's it called? Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. No, but that's a cool name. I know, but you know, they had a couple of big hits and yeah. so they had a they were, you know, they had a good 7-year run but I played on their second record and I would sit in with them a lot. So, you know, they played Coachella, they played the Hollywood Bowl, played Bonnaroo. So, I would I you know, I got to go on the Holly I was in the Hollywood Bowl stage, but it was with her band. So, <laughs> I was just what did that in. feel like? You that see that it, amazing. I mean, you see it in movies from one yeah. angle, but what's it like from the angle of the stage? I mean, it was pretty amazing, I got to say, and it was sold out that night. It was really good, you know. But the, I'll tell you what, the backstage of the Hollywood Bowl, it's pretty limited. There's not really much back there. I always wondered about that. So, yeah, you know, and then Coachella, they played Coachella, I think it was 2010, on the big stage so you know and in, in the afternoon like two o'clock in the afternoon and i got to play a song with them that was pretty it was pretty epic you know there's a good video of it out there as well so yeah that was pretty i'm, I'm gonna watch this tell me again and and so everyone can hear what is their band's name again edward sharp and the magnetic zeros where did that name come from you know, that was just like, it was there, you know, there was a big band, it was an 11-piece band, it was the singer, do you remember a band called I'm a Robot? No, Alex but it sounds Ebert. like, it, it sounds very uh, Gary Newman. No, Alex Ebert, so Alex, it was <laughs> Alex and my daughter Jade, they put the band together, and it was kind of like a, you know, kind of a folky, eclectic, actually their first record you know, I'm not much on like these newer bands, but I got to say the first record that she did, it was really good. It's a good record. You know what I mean? It went platinum. They they did well. They were huge. I have they a lot were of friends. Huge. You work. know their song. You just don't know their name. There was a song called Home that they played. Oh, that. Okay. It's covered now. It's. I mean, literally I that song is covered. Like, uh, you know, there's, uh, as a matter of fact, my friend Jake just sent me a cover that has like 45 million views. Somebody singing it? Yeah, some guy singing it, so. Yeah. It's yeah, a big karaoke crazy. song, it's yeah. a big wedding song. Yep. Yeah, that one song. Well, I'm, I'm looking at them right now on Wikipedia. I'm gonna bookmark this. See, this sounds fun. They seem huge. They've got what, yeah, a little yeah. psychedelic, a I'm little. I'm sure you've heard that song. You've it's, heard the it's, song. It's been used oh. in like, you know, commercials and all kinds of stuff. I hear it. We hear it when we're shopping in yeah, a store. Yeah. And like the it's like it's a lot. Store. I mean, she's doing well. She's she's made, she's done well on that. She's living, she's living a good life. She's living <laughs> a good life. You see, do you ever have like a, a lost period? I feel like when they were popular, like, you know, in the in the late 
2000s. I think they're like a stretch of five or six years I can't remember. Do you ever do that? <laughs> I can't remember. What did you just say? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, because uh, I don't know about you. I'm kind of like you where, um, you know, I love music history and just love pockets of it. I think I've actually, you know, in the past 20 years, there's actually eras of music I've just blocked out of my head. You ever I mean, go through that where you have like these blind spots where just music for me it would not... be like the the mid eighties like I don't remember I remember the late eighties with the glam stuff the poison and warrant and all that and like because I got metal. Here, yeah the metal band but like the mid eighties like what was that like that was like I can't remember like flock of seagulls or like the new wave era all right. 80? Yeah, like what was mm -hmm. what was going on in the mid '80s? From what I well, I was a kid, so I had an older sister, so she was always playing whatever. Like, um, who was big? Oh, I always remember hearing um, Huey Lewis and the News. They were big. Oh yeah, yeah. they were big the in the '80s. Yeah, and like that was Prince, a good band. Donna, like Huey was a good. That was a good band, actually. There are a lot Boy of George. great bands in the 80s. Boy George, Didn't Culture Tina Club. Tina had a big movement. Tina Turner had a yeah, big... Yeah, she had her comeback in the 80s, too. Massive comeback, yeah. Well, when you mentioned, like, the hair bands, like, I was thinking New Wave early to mid. Then it was more, like, mid to late 80s that the Motley Crue, you know, really got big. Cinderella, Rat. Yeah. Remember those? <laughs> Yeah. Remember Rat? Well, what was their big hit? Rat was it? Were they like round, round and, and round? round? Round. Yeah. Wow. Now you're making me nostalgic. You know, I had that a garage again. sale. One, I had a garage sale one time, and the singer I can't think of his name came to the garage sale, and he, I had a like an acoustic guitar I was selling like years ago, and he bought it <laughs> from me, and he was like, I didn't know who he. What's his name? Warren. I don't know. Anyway. Singer but, from Rat. You know, they had a that that band that, that those guys I would think now it's lasted the test of time. Would you agree yeah. with that? That some of those bands I, I, are... I would because first of all, back when those bands they got major airplay in MTV. And I think people who grew up with that are so nostalgic. Like that was a big part of a lot of people's childhoods. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what they called the Headbangers Ball on MTV? Yeah. That was a big What's deal back Racky, in the day. Racky, what was Ricky Rackman's? Ricky, what was the guy's name on MTV? Ricky, Ricky Rackman's Headbangers Ball, right? I think so. See, another blind spot. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's just old age memory loss. It could be yeah, one yeah. or the other. Yeah. But, but, for that too. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I came to LA in, in 1990 or late 89, 90. And I remember like the Sunset Strip then was just, it was, it was crazy. I mean, it was literally crazy. You would like go down from, if you're familiar from, you know, like from, uh, you know, like to say the Viper Room to mm -hmm. the Roxy, the Rainbow, you know, which is like, like three blocks. That place on any given night was just a mob scene, just packed with people. And then back then the flyers were like, they were eight by 10 sheets of the thin paper and they would just flyer the streets. So like at the end of the night, the street was just like confetti, but like in like huge flyers for the next events that were coming up the next day. And then, you, you know, you go down there and it was just people 
in like black leather jackets, Levi jeans, and cowboy boots with silver tips on them. <laughs> oh, that's that what was going great. on. That was silver tipped cowboy and teased boots. hair, you know, and teased hair and like just and Harley yep. Davidson. You need to like go to Sunset Strip and be like rows of Harleys back Row then, and then, you know. Tawny Katane on, on some yeah. rocker's arm. Yeah. Those are the days. Well, you know. this is I'm now you're making me nostalgic, you know, and I wasn't really there that much, but and I have been able to be to LA kind of after the fact and I'm thinking, what are the, the big street? It was like Sunset Boulevard. What were the main strips for all that? The Sunset and then, you know, Sun even Melrose had a thing. Melrose, Melrose. Had a thing going on. Did you it's guys like, like ever, I remember the rockers would go to all the like the um, vintage clothing stores to find oh, yeah. maybe some good old, you know, uh, leather pants or some. Did, did you ever get your wardrobe down there on Melrose? Totally. Like I was, we're both of us are into vintage, you know, like I'm a big vintage guitar guy and clothing as well, you know, like I have some change though now. Yeah. Melrose is yeah. gentrified and coffee shops and there's still uh, a few couple of good yeah. shops there. Yeah. Remember, yeah, wasn't there like, question. go ahead. Well, wasn't there a big tower records on Melrose back in the day? Sunset. Sunset. Or sunset, and yeah. don't you think it's kind of like when Tower Records died? A lot of all that died with it. You know, in the early '90s, the vintage clothing scene. Like when I moved out here, I you know I grew up wearing Levi's and T-shirts and wearing boots in Florida and stuff when I was a kid. And then when I came out here, I didn't. I was so intrigued with that world. Like I was like, wow, I had never, I never really knew. And then there was the shops called like Aardvarks. I don't know if you ever if you ever heard of that. There was like a chain of Aardvark vintage clothing that okay. were spread out around LA. There was, you know, and then um, you know, in the nine there was like a guy called Mark Fox vintage clothing. And there there was this guy, uh, Denny. I can't think of his lot. He passed away, but he had a shop on Melrose called Leathers and Treasures. And you oh, cool. would go in that shop, and it was just rows of vintage motorcycle jackets, really classic silver, vintage silver chains and pendants, and then cowboy boots and motorcycle boots. And I was just, I would go in that shop, and I just couldn't believe it. Like, I could not believe it. And then going to the Rose Bowl swap meet back then, that's my oh, yeah. So it, it kind of came i mean it's always been there and faded a little bit but even now like we're 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 into vintage both of us we're always looking around and alexa likes to go to thrift stores and we'll go to the swap meets on the weekends and you know um it's good there's still stuff to be yeah. found but it's definitely changed yeah if i only i always say back you know when i was in high school we were going to the thrift stores you could just walk in there and find whatever now it's you know if i knew that i would have kept a lot of that stuff <laughs> <laughs> maybe before all the the ebayers were like picking through yeah it all. Well, i mean seattle's got a good scene up there don't they don't they have a street with a bunch of vintage shops and stuff i'm sure they do I've you know that uh, that a really cool vintage store called red light and i think that two locations one was in the university district 
by the by the UW and and I just remember um you know there's that kind of pre eBay era where yeah. it wasn't as easy to find this stuff online and I just remember um you know the scarcity kind of made it special back then mm-hmm. and we weren't flooded with a lot of you know cheap you know copies of it. yeah now you can go online and find a flimsy you know motorcycle jacket for a couple bucks but yeah. you know back then this was the real deal that the, the the vintage harley stuff you know yeah i mean i've I mean, rode a few harleys in my day I, the vintage i used to search on ebay vintage harley all the time and just see what would come up you know some of those 70s harley davison shirts just you know the way they're made and like they don't they don't do that anymore but you know ebay you literally you can find anything you want now just for the most part like if something pops in your head like hmm but but music is the same way and and which is great i mean we've got this great jukebox called youtube we can hear everything yeah but back in the day boy having to scout a record you know like if you really wanted to hear an old song you'd have to go out and buy it yeah yeah, I spent many hours in Tower Records. <laughs> you remember the band Jojo Gun? Jojo Gun. Again, it sounds like that I should song, know that. Run. They had that song, Run, Run, Run. I don't know. My brother used to play it for me when I was a kid. But I can remember in the 90s, on the Santa Monica Promenade, they had some vintage shops and record shops. And I, I wanted to hear that song. And I had no way of hearing it. And I remember finding it, finally finding it in a record bin, and then, then trying to play the record because nobody had any, you know, turntables back then. So I found the record, and then listening to the record was another project, you know. <laughs> wow, but wasn't that so much fun? The hunt, you know, yeah. it could take you years. But didn't didn't Velvet Underground do a song called "Run, Run, Run"? I don't know, did they? I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing. I'll have to look this up. See, I'm taking all these notes as we talk. I'm going to have a lot of homework. I mean, listen, you'll you'll know that song, Run, Run, Run by Jojo Gunn. That's a good song. That's a That was like 1970 or something. Jojo Gunn. That was was a big hit for them. It's very kind of like James Gang sounding. Remember, do you know a singer name or an artist, uh, Jay Ferguson? Well, yeah, Jay Ferguson. That was uh, I, I can picture him. He had long hair. He kind of looked a well, little yeah, like Peter Ferguson. That was his band, Jojo Gunn, and then he split off and went solo after that. And so, like, yeah. now Jay Ferguson. What was his? He had a couple of solo hits. Yeah, he had a few. He had a good. He had a run for a while. He had a good he had run. A good... Now, yeah. but now, now you know what I, I can't get out of my head is uh, Sean Cassidy to do Run Run. It's going to go through my head all day now because of you. (laughs) (laughs) Different song, though. Hey, uh, before we wrap up, we'll go into our little final heap with some closing questions. But first, everyone needs to find this really cool video for Spoonful. Uh, Know where you hang out online. So where should people go? Uh, YouTube. I mean, go to YouTube, right? That's the we YouTube. Have a YouTube channel yeah, we, under the Robinson James Band and the Spoonful. Yeah. Or if they look up the Robinson James Band, it should come it up. Comes up. Come up. Spoon, okay. Spoonful and you got, video. and you guys have an Instagram account? Yeah. Yep. 
under the Robinson James man. So yeah, how do you guys like to, you know, mix and mingle online? Do you, are you very interactive with fans like on Facebook? Sure. If somebody leaves a comment, it's, you know, I'd yeah. like to respond. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. And like what we're doing right now, this is really good too, you know. This we is. I mean, it's, I love to hear about people's music, but it's just as fun to learn, you know, what you like and what influenced you. And I think people are going to get a really good picture, a well-rounded picture of what you guys are about. Hey, before you go, we do we have this email address? You have my email address. You have our email address, right? Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you the new tune, all right, for your your ears only, but you'll just so you can get a little sample of what's coming. Or would you like that? Is that all right? Yeah. Is this the one with a whole lot of love type yeah, of breakdown? Yeah. yeah. Well, this I got to hear. Now, now yeah. the buildup is so high now. Yeah. <laughs> now that's cool. You know, um, here's what I want to wrap up with, because, okay. you know, you've been making me feel nostalgic for live music and especially that golden era of the Sunset Strip and, you know, all the famous Las Vegas clubs. And and just a couple of questions about, you know, in 2023, you know, today's era, what it, what is still special about those clubs and the uh, Los Angeles club scene for both of you? Well, I just saw a friend of mine's band play at the Roxy a couple of weeks ago. Oh, and, yeah. you know, it's still there. It's there and it's thriving. And I look forward to playing it, you know, like. I think, you know, rock, people will say rock and roll is dead or it was dead. Or like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I mean. What do you think, Kelly? Is it is it still happening, or why is it happening in Seattle? You know what I think it is. It's kind of like like hearing Alexa talk about doing the research, finding the old vinyl albums and all that. I have seen a little groundswell of young people, you know, coming out of high school into college age or into their twenties, and not to diss the current music, but I think music has become a bit generic. And I mm -hmm. think people are thirsting for real instruments. They don't just want to hear a drum machine and, you know, everything synthesized. They want to hear real live musicians and get that, you know, where the audience is part of the music and you guys are playing off each other. Yes, you know, there's a, there's a band here that's doing well. It's a local band, but they're starting to break out. It's called Dirty Honey. Maybe you heard of them, but give them a listen. Like, that's a good classic rock and it's a good band yeah, they're yeah. strong they're the singing the vocals are great the guitar playing is spot on and like it's pretty good actually we know them you know like the I've, bass player used yeah. to play with me i jammed with the bass player a few times the drummer i did sessions with the drummer and yeah, like, i don't know the singer or the guitar player but they're a good band you know yeah Dirty honey. Because, yeah they're really good it was funny because we knew them and then maybe what like a year later all of a sudden we're like hey yeah. that's you know so and so and all of a sudden they're opening for guns and roses and like have all these great original songs and like i don't i don't know like they just 
made some, good. they there's, made some magic happen there's some that good writing period of some time. Good writing going on there there's some good tunes there's a band called rival sons you ever heard of them yeah no that's a good band that's a good rock band well you know what's cool about i think the modern movement we're so much into like festivals now you mentioned coachella but you know that's just the tip of the iceberg and there's a lot of you know medium-sized regional and i think sometimes those are the funnest you know yeah they're not they're not yeah. the biggest but the fans the interaction is so much more immediate and i would think now as a rock and roller or being in a band i think doing the festival circuit would be the funnest yeah yeah that's it what do you think of that band have you, have you listened to them greta van fleet no, I've heard of them, and I've not spent much time listening to them. Should I? Yeah. I don't know. You know, they're a younger... They're a family band. They're a family band. They're like... They're like brothers. They're doing like a Zeppelin thing, but it's it's hard for me because I come from that era, and like, I don't know. It doesn't feel... I mean, I give them the benefit of the doubt. It's a good band. I, I probably would need to listen to them more, but what I've heard is just... Uh, it's not off, as authentic as I would want it to be. And like coming from me, that's, it's almost like a rite of passage, but it's a good band. You should give them a listen. This, the vocals are- Gre Okay, Greta shot. Van Fleet. They're on the tickler list. You've given me even more homework, which yeah, I Greta love. Greta Van Fleet, Dirty Honey, Rival Sons. Rival Son, Jojo oh. Gun. Well, Jojo Gunn's definitely, that's like, you know, it's 1970. Yeah. But, uh, oh, the newer stuff. So you're thinking think. of the newer. Yep. The newer. Yeah, yeah. So here's what you just made me flash on. So the thing of like the modern, you know, stadium tours, you know, these gigantic venues. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I always feel something's a little off when I see all these DJs filling up these giant venues. You know, it could be at a festival or, you know, some arena. And more power to them and if the people like it. But I always think if you really want to take advantage of these giant musical venues, nothing can fill that sound up like a, a rock and roll band. I hear you. I get it. Do you think it's kind of almost wasted if it's so much pre-recorded music? I think maybe that's part of it. I think rock you know, is is the one thing you can't fake. You're not lip syncing to it. You know, the people are really playing when you hear a rock and roll band on stage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then don't you guys, that. I mean, I, I can't imagine you guys lip syncing. It just would not, you know, be the same thing. And, you know, Alexa, you know, yeah. you actually have the bigger, you know, you know, I know how much strain it is for a singer to be on the road uh -huh. and singing. And it's tempting because that's such a, you know, the sensitive thing, but you know, you coming out there one hundred percent each time—that's something you can't get anywhere else. Yep, it's true. I mean, just to ask Candy Staten. Yeah. Which by the I follow, I follow her on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I went on a Candy Staten uh, little rabbit hole a while back because I'll you know I'll look on Discogs or wikipedia then i'll look them up on youtube which i'm uh -huh. sure you do too but i think she had some really cool pre uh if you wake up when you wake up tomorrow songs that were a little more r&b based she'd yes, be a fun that's, one to... that's actually what what i uh, 
I'm the disco, her disco song. It's okay. It's not my favorite though. I, I have her, like her first album that she did, I think in like, you know, it's kind of like a muscle shoals type thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah more and more of the R and B of the time. Yeah, yeah. And then then she did one in the late seventies after uh that, after her big disco hit, she did one called When You Wake Up Tomorrow. Uh-huh. So I'll give you homework and you can hear that. It's very, okay, it's very yeah, slick. It's smooth and slick and easy on the ears. What did you guys think of in the late 70s when the big rock bands, they all put out their disco song? Remember that? Remember when like... Um, um, uh, like the Rolling Stones? like Rolling Miss Stones. Like, Miss, like, yeah, Miss You. I like that song, actually. That That's a good one. Um, it's awesome and you know what about Miss You whether or not that had the disco label I mean that works regardless That's, that beat, transcended has, disco they all have, yeah um, do you think I'm Sexy by Rod Stewart oh yeah I forgot about that one and of course the most infamous Kiss I Was Made for Loving You oh I, I'm going to say a, a, a pass on that one <laughs> <laughs> hey Kelly, I, I wanted to start one better than, than Kelly. I wanted to ask you, how did you come across the Spoonful video song? The Spoonful, I, I think I got a link to it in an email from a publicist. Nice. And I nice. and I, you know, it's funny though when you make these connections, Spoonful. So at first I thought, oh, what is this, Love and Spoonful? I don't, <laughs> you know, that was the first thing that came to mind, and then. Then maybe like Spoon Man by, uh, wasn't that a Soundgarden? Yeah, yeah, that's a good song. Which is very Seattle, in fact. I think the Mm -hmm. Spoon Man is still around. Yeah. I think I saw something recently where he might have even been playing a gig somewhere. Still out there playing spoons? (laughs) Playing the spoons. That song was actually about a guy, huh? Yeah. Spoon Man, Yeah. yeah. I think he would hang out at the Pike Place Market in Seattle. Kind of like a Was busker. Like a street performer or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Street okay. performer playing the spoons. And I think yeah. he was kind of a fixture. And and then uh, the Soundgarden wanted him there. But uh, no, I love hearing new music. You know, when I hear something like Spoonful, I like it. You know, I love, I love rock and blues, but I love vocalists. And I always love, you know, bands that, that, that have a vocalist that love the lyrics. I love hearing the lyrics to a song. Uh-huh. And I and maybe that's why I like a lot of blues and rock, because you know the lyrics really matter. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? I mean, don't yeah. don't don't you think this genre, you know, you can express yourself in so many ways with blues and rock music. You know, another thing too, when you say like the lyrics, you can hear the lyrics. Like my uncle, his favorite vocalist was Frank Sinatra. And he always said, you can understand every single word he says when you, you know. Oh, absolutely. As, as, a, as a vocalist or as a singer, that's important to me personally. I just remember him saying that. He just, that's why he really um, loved him as a singer, because you can, you can understand every word he said. So absolutely. Kelly. We're gonna have to I know we're coming to the end. I'm trying to stretch this out as long as possible. 
<laughs> okay, but but we'll wrap it up with with one and a half final questions. First, the half question is: Are you guys going to rehearse when we're done here? Um, we rehearsed yesterday. Yeah, we rehearsed yesterday. Well, don't you we, rehearse uh, every day? Um, we try to, but it's hard to get the the band together. You know, we're well, working what? on new stuff though. We have some new ideas and stuff, so. I'm going to send you one of them, okay? I'm going to send you a song. Uh, the, the bar is raised high here. I'm very looking forward to it. So final question here. Uh, you know, we're going to go back to what we were talking about. You guys both have so much experience. Fate brought you together. It sounds like you guys are a really good fit. So for the Robinson James Band, I want to see you guys tour with some big people or open yeah. for one of your idols so in 2024 your your wish list your bucket list whatever you want to call it who would you like to share the stage with in 2024 wow i have to think about i mean i'd like to open for um i like like it'd be cool to be on like tedeschi trucks band or yeah yeah that's like a good that. band you like that's that a good band? one Tedeschi Trucks, you know who that Susan is? Susan Tedeschi and Derek Trucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They have they've had a band and I've seen them a few times on when they've come through town. That would be cool. I mean, there's some of the classic stuff like what's out. Um what's left? I can't yeah, I can't right? think. Who's out there Who's doing still? it? Oh, you know you know who would be a good fit? If you guys opened for Bonnie Raitt. Yeah. That's what do you yeah. think? Yeah. You know, I was we'll listening for anyone. <laughs> I was, I was literally, I was at Guitar Center. Call us. You know, Bonnie Raitt, she's like the real deal. Like she, I, I saw her play back when I was in Florida growing up in the 80s. I think it was, it was the early, it was the mid 80s. I was, and I saw her play and she was young. She was probably 30 back then, 25, 30, mm -hmm. early 80s. And it was unbelievable. Like watching her play guitar, like she can actually play. Like she plays slide guitar, like anybody can. So, you know, then I was in Guitar Center the other day in the vintage room at Guitar Center here in Hollywood, and they had they have their Spotify channel going on, and there was this woman singing all this Delta Blue stuff, and I was like, wait, who is that? Like who is that? Shazam did, and it was like Bonnie Raitt, like, like literally, yeah, her early stuff, just doing open tuning. You know, uh, he came out in the 70s. Yeah, resonator, dobro, yep. slide guitar, like, yeah. I think she just got a Grammy last year, didn't she, or something? She did. She kind of like upset everybody, like, why is she yeah. getting a Grammy? Like, really? Yeah, a lot of people are who's Bonnie, right? Like, really? <laughs> oh, and, and deserving it. And you know, when she really broke out, probably late 70s, you know, that was with a cover, her yeah. cover of, of Runaway, and she made that her own. So, yeah. so very good example. So, really, you guys really can break through with a cover. That's right. I mean, the Black Crows did it with Hard to Handle, right? See, I, I think we need to yeah. retrain the public to to appreciate, you know, the, these really uh, finely finely tuned covers, you know, that that new bands are making their own in. I think you can do it with Spoonful. Yeah, I really do. That's a good song. It's a good. Yeah, it's starting to get some good 
traction. It's only been out. It hasn't even been out for a month, the song and the video. So it's getting um getting nowhere. Who knows? Maybe it'll end traffic. up in like the like like the the sequel to the Barbie movie. So look, let's do another interview in like in in the, like the early spring, if you like, because there'll be some new stuff coming out, and we can talk about that. And we're gonna. I think a fo- I think a follow up it would be wonderful. We're getting yes. ready to to shoot a new video too. So you know, we tried to do, you know, some sequence stuff to Spoonful. It just didn't really work out, so it just became like a live performance. But this next song that we're it's kind of like a radar love, like a like a driving song on the road. Ooh, radar love. So we're gonna rent this classic car in that style, yeah. For the video. It's like a we're gonna rent a 66 Riviera. And we're gonna just gonna get in the car and we're gonna drive out to the desert. And it's just gonna be like the the journey, you know, the start, the the beginning of the journey the arrival the destination and just getting there and it's it's going to be good and so, yeah, what's this going to be that. called i don't know yet we haven't came up with a name for that <laughs> another song. it's another original it's a, it's a, but it's good you know what i mean it's really good the ride the ride the road, the road. something like that the road are is you gonna, are you going to shoot this like yourselves or pick some you know some experimental 20 year old kid with a camera who wants to get psychedelic Wait, say that again. Are we gonna shoot it ourselves? No, no, we're gonna. We have a. We have the same person who shot. The yeah, the same person who shot the spoonful. He's a younger guy. He's actually really good. Yeah. We're gonna use him, and then I have a friend of mine that is just like a. He's a real deal cameraman, like DP, like steady cam, like you know, working a Panavision camera, like for you know, for a couple of decades. So he's not really working right now. So we're going to use him. We're going to have a couple of cameras, but we're going to let the younger guy direct it. And I kind of direct it a little bit, you know, like I have some ideas, but I just kind of like give them my ideas and tell them what what we want. So, yeah, we're going to let the youngster handle it and just kind of let go. Go through the paces, jump up on the ladders and do all the physical. You know, it's really about the editing, too. You know, it's all the editing is like. It's really the editing is the the main thing. Editing's key. And you know what? Music videos, they they take a lot more energy than you think. They're it's hard work. Like with Spoonful, there was a lot of you know, since it's just a live performance, there's a lot of cuts. You gotta like have quick, quick cuts, quick yeah, a lot of edits, otherwise you get boring. Exciting. Oh yeah. Know. How many how many takes did you do that in? I don't we did a lot actually. Yeah. We probably did it's like an all-day thing we did it all you know and then but then we did some sequence stuff you know we tried to like yeah do some (laughs) we still have the footage it's actually pretty good it just didn't really make sense so we just made it alive yeah we were trying to do a story but it just yeah well for a debut you've set the bar high you know it's so great to know that this is a debut and there's so much more to come Like, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to remind everyone here who I've been talking to, the Robinson James Band. Alexa is the Robinson part. El Rey is the James part. The current single, Spoonful, first of many. And all I can say is, 
Really had a great time talking with you. And I think you're probably the first duo that knows more about music than I did. I got to go back and crack the books and, and learn about all these bands you told me about. Yeah, yeah. This has been the Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes. 